Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. edition of All Marine Radio here on your home for it, the All Warrior Radio Network. Um, uh, I do this with a heavy heart today. Um, a good friend of mine, a great friend of mine, uh, and I'd be lying if I if I didn't phrase it like this. Um, has been relieved as a commanding officer of the 15th Mew um, eight months after uh, an AV mishap off the coast of California that killed eight Marines and one sailor. Now, uh, that is all that's been put out by the Marine Corps. So you're waiting to see the investigation And I'll read you. The, I'll read you. I'll read you the statement. Um, this is from Marine Corps Forces Pacific, um, dated March twenty third. Lieutenant General Stephen Rudder, Commander U.S. Marine Corps Forces Pacific, relieved Colonel Christopher J. Bronzy, Commanding Officer, Fifteenth Marine Expeditionary Unit. Lieutenant General. Rudder relieved Colonel Bronzy due to a loss of trust and confidence in his ability to command following completion of the command investigation into the assault ship 
into the assault amphibious vehicle mishap which occurred off the coast of San Clemente Island, California, on July 20th, 2020. Concurrent with the relief of Colonel Bronzy, Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant General Rudder placed Colonel Frederick Fredrickson in command of the 15th Mew. Colonel Fredrickson previously commanded 11th Mew and joined the currently deployed 15th Mew in the U.S. Central Command Air of Responsibility. Period. End of statement. So uh, there's no attached investigation. And um, so the question is, um, so if you go to the background of the incident, The 15th Mew is doing um, operations off the coast of Southern California in the vicinity of San Clemente Island. Uh, the article that, that you'll find this at is on USNI News, written by Sam Legron. Um, and I'll just read you, I'll, I'll read you the, the, the couple paragraphs because it's a relatively short article. In July, during a training exercise ahead of the MUSE deployment to the Western Pacific and the Middle East, the AAVs took on water, the AAV took on water before sinking in the waters near San Clemente Island. The 15th MUSE embarked on the Macon Island Amphibious Ready Group is on the final legs of its deployment before it returns to Southern California. One Navy Hospital Corpsman, eight Marine infantrymen with B Company, 1st Battalion, 4th Marines, died when the AVs they were riding in sank in about 385 foot deep waters as the vehicle returned to amphibious transport ship USS Somerset LPD-25. Eight Marines, including vehicle crew of three were pulled from or able to get out of the vehicle before the 26-ton Amtrak sank. One of those Marines later died. In October, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Regner was relieved of command of BLT-14 due to a loss of trust and confidence in his ability to command as a result of the amphibious assault vehicle incident. The article goes on to name the Marines that were killed and the corpsman that was killed. Um, so it will be interesting. Uh, the MU commander um, doesn't have too much responsibility over um, too much responsibility supervision or oversight over that track unit that is you know, a couple echelons below him, certainly. So it'll be interesting to read in the in the investigation, you know, who's culpable, what happened, and the investigation has not been released yet. Um, so this, I would imagine, is the first step in the Marine Corps bringing this to market. I would imagine that the families have already been briefed, which is normally the way this thing goes, and that... Um, now this is how the Marine Corps will roll it out. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see what the investigation has to say. And who else? Again, one of my great criticisms of this stuff, and I go back to things like Abu Ghraib and other things, is that generals tend not to take any blame for this shit. Everybody underneath them will get hammered, but they don't get hammered. So we'll see what the Marine Corps does and how the Marine Corps deals with this. Um, but, uh, and let me just tell you this. Um, Chris Bronzy is a battle buddy of mine times two. If you ask me who the best Marine officer serving today that I know, I would tell you Chris Bronzy. He's not, he's not a good out. He's not a good officer. He's not an outstanding officer. He's a great officer. He's the no shit real deal that you would want your son or daughter serving under. I met him in Ramadi in 2004. He was the company commander of Golf Company 2-4. I rode with, at the time, Brigadier General Kelly out to a place called Combat Outpost where Chris's company was uh, operating out of. And I will tell you, Combat Outpost was the center of the heart of darkness in Ramadi. And I met Chris that day. And uh, he and I have been friends since. And uh, we deployed to Afghanistan together. And, uh, and you know, uh, both of both my sons, you know, have met Chris and, and idolize him for good reason. Because he's, he's, he's a great Marine officer. And so I'll be very curious to see the investigation with the footnotes, right? Or is, is he just going to be the fall guy? And if he's the fall guy then who else above him goes? Who else above him goes? But again, if past performance is any indication of the future, no general officers right, will get touched in this. So when we do discipline for things like this, and if it's the one question court-martial, I get it. Were you in charge on this date? I was. All right, you're done. Thank you. Got it. I, and we all understand that. But to me, that chain goes up. And I would tell you, you know, it, it, it tends not to go. We tend to, as, a, as an organization, we can find we these things. So as a general officer that's in charge of it, he or she doesn't get clipped, right? In the same one-question court-martial, under the same logic, right, as a colonel would get clipped. So anyway, so we we will wait. Uh, we will wait for the. Uh, we'll wait for the investigation. But I will tell you this, right. If you ask me, hey, you have to bet your life, who's going to go with you on a list of maybe three people? Chris Bronzy's one of them. He's that kind of human being. He's a great guy. 
and he's he's a great Marine. And I don't you've never heard me say that about fucking anybody on this program. And so to me this is to say it's a shitty day is uh doesn't even do the day justice. So but again, it is what it is. Eight Marines and one sailor died. I think we're all waiting for the investigation. I mean, let me tell you this. The other investigation that we're all waiting for is a Bonhomme Richard, right? Haven't heard shit out of that. United States naval vessel burns in port for five days to the point where evidently the hull buckles. It's unsalvageable. Evidently, it was started by arson. Crickets, 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 crickets. So, anyway, um, looking for that investigation, too. But, uh, as I said, um, a shit day for me. Um, But I get it. Look, if you're in charge and this kind of shit happens, you're going to get smoked. And it is what it is. I'm just curious to see the general officers that get smoked for it, too. So, uh, good morning to you. You're going to hear the first part of an interview I did with Mike Etor that is is really interesting. Mike, um, well, let me tell you, Chris Bronzy is, uh, was the winner of an award called the Leftwich Trophy. It goes to the top, I think, ground combat element commander in the Marine Corps as, the, as, as assessed by somebody. So in 2004, that award was given to Chris for his leadership in the city of Ramadi, of, of Gulf 2-4. Mike Etor is a former Leftwich Trophy winner. Uh, Mike is a uh, joined the Marine Corps in the 70s. Uh, he's a year older than me. He, um, he, he goes to Paris Island as a drill instructor, as a corporal. Becomes an officer, gets out of the Marine Corps as a major, and then uh, goes into the private sector, does very well, and now he has his own company called the uh, Fidelis Leadership Group. So Mike uh, comes on, and we, we recorded this interview. You'll hear part one today and part two tomorrow. But part one, you know, we talk about, um, we just kind of, the first part is us shooting the shit a little bit. And then we talk about this woke culture and that conversation migrates into um, that conversation migrates into leadership and the courage to stand up and tell the truth. And do we have the kind of leadership in particularly in the DOD that is going to be able to take on China? And I'm not going to tell you his answer. But don't. What I will tell you is, don't touch the fucking dial, okay? Because it's a very, very interesting, interesting discussion that Mikey Tor and I have today in part one of the interview. So, with that said, um, United States Marine Corps Band makes this morning official. Good morning. <laughs>
this is dedicated to um, uh, Colonel Chris Bronzy, a uh, battle buddy of mine times two. Uh, the best Marine officer I know right now. And um, I will leave it at that. <laughs> betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. Check the weather. Currently cloudy and 57 in Quantico down the coast at Camp Lejeune. It is cloudy and 59. In 29 Palms, it is cloudy and 54. Camp Pendleton, cloudy and 55. Camp Smith in Hawaii, dark cloudy and 69. Okinawa, dark cloudy 61. In Darwin, it is dark, cloudy, and 81, and in Norway, 
All-time high since we put it into the index. Yeah, partly sunny and 54. So, uh, yeah, how about that? Currently cloudy and 52 in the Costa Mesa, Newport Beach area of Southern California. Looking for a high today of 65 degrees. Tomorrow, 69. Thursday, 59. Friday, 61. Saturday, 72. Um, so hopefully it will be warmer than that. I'm going to check the top five stories in Early Bird. And then you're going to hear Mike Etor uh, in, a, in, in, a, in a, a very interesting interview. Mike, uh, again, he is a consultant now, leadership consultant uh, for uh, businesses and uh, has always been a great leader and, uh, and is, and is a, about as straight shooter as you're ever going to find. The um, uh, top five stories in early bird today. Uh, number one, Pentagon modernizing. Modernization in for the terrible 20s, report warns. Years of kicking the can on modernization are finally coming due to the Pentagon at a time when the Biden administration faces major pressures to draw down the defense budget, creating a nasty situation across all three military services. Right? How can you spend $700 billion a year and, and not be able to, the Chinese are spending $200 billion, right? And this is an article based on a report called The, the Reality of the Terrible 20s. Um, written, by two, written by Mackenzie Eaglin and Haley Coyne of the American Enterprise Institute. Um, I'll read you one paragraph. Unlike many think tank reports, the authors say up front that they will not offer a list of programs to cut. Instead, the report goes deep into the history, current status, and future plans for a myriad of Army, Navy, Marine, and Air Force programs to provide an unvarnished view for the Biden administration about modernization challenges and how the military has ended up in its current predicament. Yeah, so 20 years of war. Right, and we're nowhere near being a modern force. All that money spent. Congratulations. Uh, number two story. Some troops disappointed by check to block extremism, stand downs. Others laud commanders. Uh, an article by Military Times. Again, in my opinion, right, they will find, right, nothing. Okay. It is the narrative of the racist nation that we live in. But the problem is, right, we don't live in a racist nation. That doesn't fit the narrative of the New York Times and the Washington Post. I know that. Okay, but that's, in fact, the truth. So, here we go. Now, the question is going to be, what are they going to find? So, it'll be interesting when they... It'll be interesting when they turn all this shit up, what they actually find. And, and, and a 19-year-old being an idiot on Twitter, right, doesn't make you an extremist, okay? It makes you an idiot on Twitter. So, again, 
we went through this during Marines United in a force of 185,000. You had less total than 100 people involved in it and only a handful, I want to say less than 30, faced any any form of substantive discipline. 30 in a force of 185,000. Uh, next article, third time's the charm, question mark. Army makes changes to the new fitness test after lawmakers' concerns. So you've seen this. The Army stint spent, you know, I don't know how much money, millions and millions of dollars on, on their fitness test. So this is the third version, okay? And it's all being tweaked so that women can score higher on it, okay? And so as soon as they do, we'll be done tweaking it. Yeah, so much for interchangeable, so much for one standard, blah, blah, fucking blah, right? Number four, gunman ambushes National Guard convoy carrying COVID vaccine in Texas, according to cops. A National Guard convoy transporting doses of COVID-19 vaccine was ambushed Monday morning in West Texas, according to police. Larry Lee Harris, 66, allegedly started following the three National Guard vans en route to Amador, Texas, after they stopped at Love's gas station in Lubbock and attempted multiple times to run their vehicles off the road, according to Idaho Police Chief Eric Williams. After the attempts failed, Harris then turned his truck in front of the convoy, forcing it to stop. He got out of his truck and aimed his 45 caliber handgun at one of the guardsmen who was unarmed. Claiming to be a detective, he ordered all 11 soldiers to exit the van so he could search them. Idaho police received the call and rushed out to the scene roughly two miles east along Highway 6282. Two officers arrived to find the uniformed National Guard soldiers in Harris, who they arrested without further incident. He had an extra loaded pistol magazine on him and a third in his truck, according to the officers. So what's the point of having National Guardsmen transporting this shit if they can't protect themselves? Why would you put him in that situation? <clears throat> oh, I know why. Because you're a general. And they might, like, shoot themselves or do something stupid with a pistol, so we can't let them have something that might protect themselves. I, no need to lecture me. I just figured it the fuck out. Uh, number five, top armed service Republican backs National Guard quick reaction force for D.C. So, again... Our nation's capital, the worst ever insurrection on the history of the planet in the history of the planet, right? Um, the fallout from that still continues to this day, right? With National Guard troops still in Washington D.C. and in greater numbers than we are in Afghanistan, that's where we are today. Um, all right, that is a that's a look at the news today. Uh, you're going to hear an interview I did. Um, with uh, Mike Etor uh, coming up right now. And, let me, and, and it's interesting because it has to do with, and, and, and here's the question I point Mike at. 
do we have in this country what it takes to take on the Chinese? Do we have that? And so um, Mike answers that question. And so um, without further ado, um, the uh, founder of the Fidelis Leadership Group, his name is Mike Etor. 